0: Take up the bones and rape the land. This is long and we can stay. So anyway, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, December 10th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do start, and in some cases, uh, we're encouraging, and in some cases, start conversations. We don't do prayers. We don't do Buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at our history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few tools along the way. But a real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. Uh, And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation, so Let's Talk Native. But first let me remind people that our audio streams live at www.letstalknative.com and we stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page via Facebook Live. Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platform immediately after we air. And we put our video up on our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Native TV, so... Uh, Subscribe to our podcast, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, you, you can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV and Twitter at Let's Talk Native. I'm the host of Let's Talk Native, and I'm assisted by Jake Proud here in studio, who's managing our video and our sound. All right, let me get into it. L- um, Sorry for the late start. Um, It'll be a little bit of a bridge show. Uh, we've got a snowstorm moving in, which I had to drive through all the way from Pennsylvania. That's why um, everything that combined with some updates on our camera system, everything that could have gone wrong got us off to a late start. So, But I, I do have an issue that I specifically want to talk about, and I want to ex- explain a little bit how it came to me. One of my friends in New York, uh, uh, Melissa Oaks from, from Akwasasne, she um, uh, is the director of the American Indian Community House. She she shared a couple of um, links with me this week, and I don't know if it was just today or yesterday, about the Ramapo Lenape, uh, getting a church donated to them. And, and of course, the, the whole church thing is... is uh, It, it, it cr- creates a bunch of questions. But, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with the church. Uh, um, I I assume, on some level, the reason the church got donated is because the congregation was, was busted. I mean, I assume that there was... Uh, they were probably financially strapped, and they figured, well, this was a good thing that they could do. And perhaps the real goal was to... Uh, um, get the, the Lenape to, to continue, continue to operate the church. So it was no longer a burden to them. I, I don't know. I, you know, it could all be for great reasons. Um, uh, I offered a comment to the, you, know, you can find it on my Facebook group page. I offered a comment, uh, about the, uh, the gift or the transition. Um, and, and I know, you know, look, I know Vincent Mann. I know, uh, uh, um, Dwayne Perry. I know these guys and I know some of the struggles that they, that, that they've gone up against. But, and I'm not going to concentrate on them on this thing, but the question came to me, you know, that, that I started to think about is, who has the most influence on, on us on our territories? I mean, I, I look, even as a native native communities, and 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 frankly, with the possible exception of Ganyonge, I don't know any native community, or not the possible, they are definitely the exception, but I don't know any native community that doesn't have a half dozen or more churches on their on their community. Uh, they may only have one longhouse or if they have that they may only have one longhouse maybe two longhouses like in, um in aquasosci because of some splits there but we have a bunch of churches on every one even aladaga has a bunch of churches in fact they had they busted a couple of you know native kids who burnt a few of them uh, a few years back but and, and I'm not advocating that and my question here is where, where do our influences come from look we've got Half dozen or more churches on on our territories. We our our kids are educated in the non-native schools outside of our territories. We may have a language or a, um, an education department, but we aren't really educating our kids. Frankly, even our education department is uh is, has mostly non-native people employed. So, as as I start breaking this stuff down, I start thinking about this thing. Where where do our influences come from? I mean, I I got to be honest. I mean. We have, we've lost our way um, quite a bit, you know, since, you know, going back, you know, uh, to our ancestors' days, right? I mean, look, and, and this is almost painful to say, but our own people were being led by the Hollywood images of ourselves. Back in the 50s, and uh, you know, our people were wearing Plains Indian headdresses. Why? Because we didn't know any better. Our own chiefs, they weren't wearing the stoas with, you know, with, with antlers. No, they were, they were decked out with a whole bunch of eagle feathers down on a, on a Plains Indian dress. Descalhe from, uh, uh, who's Levi General, famous, you know, famous advocate for Native issues. Look at the way he was dressed in his time. I mean, and, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying we had been, we had been separated so much from our identity. And part of that separation has come at the hands of churches. It's come at the, at the hands of, uh, of the, the education systems around us. It's come at the hands uh, of, of Hollywood, newspapers, books, poems, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Buffalo Bills Wild West shows. So, I mean, I I beg the question, are we doing enough? I mean, as, as our kids still struggle. And and again, I I say it, I, I say it almost every week. We lead in all the categories you don't want to lead in. I mean, we lead in substance abuse and suicide and depression and uh, poverty and, uh, you know, missing and murdered indigenous women, death by cop, all these things that we lead in. Why is it? I mean, I, are we genetically predisposed to, uh, to have these problems? No, no. These are driven by what we do. They're driven by policies that have been imposed upon us and our own decisions that we've made. Look, I don't I'm not criticizing the fact that native territories have churches on them. But are we applying any pressure to those churches to do to tell some truth beyond whatever they do from their pulpits or whatever else? But doc, the doctrine of Christian discovery or Christian domination, are we telling any of that truth? Are we asking these churches to uh, for for any reparations? Because they all made money off of us. And they made money off the federal government when they're running residential schools, all that stuff. But as I sit here today, I'm thinking, how many things in our community, including us as parents and grandparents, how many of us are taking the steps that we need to do that we need to take to mitigate the influences that are imposing assimilation on us, even self-imposed assimilation. I mean, are we, are we really doing enough? Because as I, I got to tell you, as I look across our territories, we have many more things that we've accepted into our communities. Many more things that we've accepted into our communities that are, driving us towards assimilation and very few things and i'm not criticizing the seneca nation specifically or you know or 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 on a dog or any place look there, there's a certain level that's happening on every one of our communities where we are not giving our children the foundation that they need to have they need to have i mean and and here's the crazy part these churches, these churches are all private sector. Look, the churches don't own any property. We've given it to them. Our people have given it to them. So here's some guy standing up in front of these churches, and I, I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them, so I'm not criticizing um, an, an individual. But but the idea that that somebody is managing our spirituality on our territories, on property that we provided to them, And now you balance that against what our kids are inundated with in schools. Look, and it's not just the the wrong stuff that they're taught about Columbus, uh, about you know the founding fathers of the United States. It's not just the wrong stuff. Or, 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 let me take take that back. It's not just the stuff that they're not taught. I mean, because I talked about this on on, pre, uh, on a previous show. It has been. I mean, it, it's it's well known. It's been put out there. It's been a big push lately. To mitigate the fact that there is nothing taught to any kids about Native people past 1900, past the year 1900, nothing is taught. It's like it's like we disappeared at the at the dawn of the 20th century. Oh yeah, the 19th century, all the 1800s. I mean, uh, it's it's filled with with all kinds of stuff. Although most of that stuff's not taught properly. Nobody's really talking about what Lincoln did. To the, the Dakota Thirty Eight, the mat, largest mass execution in the history of the United States. Nobody's talking about how the lands were deceived from Native people. So, even though we're not mentioned at all at the turn of the, the century, what is taught about the about the nineteenth century is mostly wrong. So, not only is is all this stuff withheld, not just from our kids, but from the from the general population. So. Americans don't know a damn thing about what was done to Native people. It's not, it's not something that Americans would be proud of. Although they still don't have a problem, you know, taking our images and slapping on a football helmet, calling themselves fierce warriors, redskins, Indians, Mohawks, whatever. You know, I mean, it's the, the list goes on, but with no commitment, even as they're mocking us. With no commitment to educate anybody, so our kids go through this stuff. I mean, the first thing that they're that they're that they're taught in kindergarten is to pledge allegiance to the uh, the flag of the United States, and we don't even stand up and tell our kids, "No, you don't have to do that." Until until uh, several years later, for the most part, we don't. You know, and look, I know some of you are listening and watching are going to say, "Oh, I did." I made sure my kids knew what. Well, you know, not a whole lot of you did that. We don't. We don't teach our own kids about what racism is. And I mean, somebody posted today. He says, "How do you respond to racism?" I mean, and some people say, "I just ignore it." Really? If you just ignore it, then you're complicit in it. And I posted a meme the other day. I said, "Look, if you claim you're not racist, that's not enough." If you are not an anti-racist, if, you're, if you don't spend some portion of your life combating racism, even in your own life, and, and combating your own perhaps racist tendencies, then you're complicit in it. And if you're the victim of racism and you just choose to ignore it, let people get away with that, then you're complicit with it too. We have an obligation to protect, protect their children. Look, I used to think the way to protect my children was to shelter them from, shelter them from it. And I was wrong. Because my kids experienced it anyway. I, don't, I can't say that they were ill-prepared for it, but I don't think I properly prepared, I don't think I played a role in properly preparing them for it. So, again, when, when I think about how accepting we are of American legions, churches, veterans of foreign, VFWs, or what are the veterans of foreign wars? I don't know. All, all of these, you know, all of these other clubs and associations, these organizations. I mean, when, I, I, you know, Matt, my buddy Matt and I, we would do a, a, a scorecard every Seneca Fall Festival when they do their parade. We'd, uh, we'd keep score on how many American flags were carried in that parade versus how many Seneca flags, how many how, how went the Belt flags, how many how, how many Warrior flags, Unity flags? Trust me, American flags went out hands down. It's not, it's not even close. I mean, two to one over anything else. I mean, you know, <laughs> for things like the Unity flag or the I went the Belt flag, it's, it's 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 much less. Maybe a few Seneca flags. So when do we I mean and again let me get back to the church issues because those churches are are, are not they're not sanctioned or, or, or uh, um uh, you know sponsored or you know subsidized by the Seneca Nation. No, they're all private tech. they're all private things. I mean look, I know you go out to Choctaw <laughs> in Oklahoma, they got a big billboard that this is, you know, that this is God's country. You know, they they made an official announcement that that Christianity is the official religion of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they didn't get the whole separation of churches thing that the way the the way you know the United States claims to have gotten right. And I think honestly, I'm and I'm gonna you know I know people are gonna disagree with me. I I think you could still be a Christian and advance Native identity. I just don't, I don't think you should, you know, I, you know people get into saying, well, I'm a, I'm a this first, that second. I mean, I, first I'm a Christian, then I'm an American, and then I'm, what, a New Yorker? I mean, yeah, we'll hear people say, you know, stuff like that. Well, I got news for you. First, we're human beings. What we're going to put second on that? And if we're going to allow, I mean, let's be honest here. Christianity is not our culture. All right. First of all, it's not it's not a culture, it's imposed. I mean, when I say imposed, I mean it came to us with a sword. It came to us with death. So don't make any mistakes about it. and you know, black folks, this goes for you too. For so all you devoted um, you know, Baptists, Southern Baptists, you dedicated, devoted Southern Baptists, all of you guys, you know, in the in the black churches? I, yeah, I got nothing for you either. I don't know what to tell you guys because those churches were used to justify slavery, every one of them. Those churches were used to justify the murder, even the rape of our people. I'm not saying I almost, I almost said I'm not saying they're doing it; they're still doing it. But I guess when you look at the clergy sex scandals, and and I I maintain, and I've said it before, so I'll say it again: I maintain much of that sex abuse. Began in the church-run residential schools in the U.S. and Canada. I mean, I, I'm not saying you know the Catholics and the Baptists weren't having some problems, or or, or any of the Mormons. All of, I mean, Mormons that's even creepier because when you think of the polygamy standpoint and some of what you know, some of what versions of of Mormonism are uh, have embraced. Look, I'm I'm not going to sit here and condemn every religion, but I do know. What's happened to native people at the you know at the hands of these people who claim to be, you know, spiritually superior because they have the one God, right? <clears throat> That's what they claimed. <clears throat> and based on that belief, we were almost regarded as subhuman. Look, the doctrine of Christian discovery or doctrine of Christian domination wasn't just about taking land, it was about a, a complete subjugation of our people. And look, a few churches have have at least repudiated the, the, the notion of a superior a superiority based on religion. Kinda. I mean, they say it. I mean, a few of them issued, issued formal statements rejecting the doctrine of Christian discovery. They didn't, haven't done anything to mitigate it. There, no reparations have been offered any, by anybody. So, I mean. <laughs> Again, when I see, see the story of uh, of the Ramapo getting a church donor, I said, like, man, I take it too. And and you know what I turn it into? I turn it into, I don't know, a, some sort of center to teach about the doctrine of Christian discovery. To teach about the mind control that, that has come with indoctrination. Not just with Christianity, all of it. I mean, All of the myths told about founding fathers. I mean... Look, our kids are being taught that these guys are heroes. Every one of them, every slave holding uh, one of those guys. We don't tell the, we don't teach our five year olds and our six year olds and our seven year olds the truth about this stuff. And we should, we should frame. If you're going to say something positive about George Washington, then you better balance it with some truth that's uh, the negative truth about him. If you're going to talk about Abraham Lincoln emancipating the slaves well how about the execution that took a week it took a go uh, that occurred a week before he stood at the pulpit with his emancipation proclamation in January of 1863 that execution that took place the day after christmas in 1862 38 the largest mass execution in the history of the united states nobody's teaching our kids that forget about going into the into the uh, the 20th century with Again, with residential schools that would continue to the 1970s, with you know, uh, uh, with with bearing toxic waste on our territories, San Carlos Apache coming up with drums of Agent Orange in the river, open uranium pits across Lakota territory, nuclear, uh, uh, radioactive waste bleaching into the Cataractas Creek here on the Seneca Nation. Pipelines through our territories, electric lines through our territories, highways through our territories. And then we pay to ride on them. We actually pay to drive on the throughway. Man, talk about indoctrination. Talk about assimilation. So, when do we start to take a little bit more charge of this? I guess that's my question. So, I put some of this stuff out, and and I'm sorry, this is a, a bit of an abridged. Uh, show tonight because of weather and, and, and other things. But, and I'm, I'm going to expand on this thought probably in, in a future show. But who are we going to allow, not just to influence our children, but to influence us every single day? Look, I'm not calling for a mass exodus for all you you know churchgoers who go every Sunday. But at least think about it a little bit. Think about what that church is what that? What your church has done, and don't sit there and say, "Oh, my church didn't do any of that." Yes, they all did. They all did. Every Protestant religion. Look, you know, so whether you're talking about the Anglican churches, where you're talking about the Protestant, look, they they all did it. Those Puritans, and we talk about the uh, Thanksgiving being the, the you know the national day of mourning for Native people. There's a reason we talk about that because of the slaughters. Our people had never seen. Those levels of atrocities, and it's not because we didn't wage war amongst ourselves. We did. Look, we did terrible things to each other. But these terrible things—massacring babies, flaying skin—there's there's a Bible, and and it probably isn't the only one. But you you can look it up online. If you don't believe me? There is a Bible in in the world today that has native skin. On the, uh, that is bound the, the cover of that Bible has been made from human leather from native people and it's not the only book they did this with the Bible by like King James Version so I gotta ask that question I mean when I ask the question who influences our identity look <laughs> take a number there's a whole lot of things but we're pretty far down the list our longhouses are pretty far down the list Our leadership, wherever you are, our our teachers, our storytellers, us as parents and grandparents, we're pretty far down the list. Look, look, even if we could compete with the churches or the schools, we don't barely have a presence. Look on the internet, we're losing our kids to Facebook. I got seven thousand, you know members of my group page but i look i'm i'm lucky to get a thousand views on a video that i do so and that i mean and and that spread out across a bunch of native territories and and not many people watching we're losing the battle folks so we want to win hearts and minds of our own kids we better step it up look i'm gonna take a break here uh we're only going to run to to about the top of the hour so we, but I'm going to take a brief break here uh catch my breath and uh and we'll be back in a, in just a couple minutes. This is John Cain. This is Let's Talk Native. I'll be enough for money, not for greed. It's gotta stop the sound of Selling our souls to the very last drop <laughs> a little more, Murray Porter, for uh, your pleasure. Uh, uh, look, thanks for coming back. This is John Cain. This is Let's Talk Native. Uh, look, I, I uh, this issue that I'm talking about in terms of identity and uh, and, and who's influencing it is, is important to me. But before I get back into it, let me I'll go ahead and thank my sponsors. I want to thank uh, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. Uh, Eric White at ERW Enterprises, the good folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply. Um, look, I mean, even the sponsorship issue I, I am grateful for the for those guys who do something every week or every month, but that's only three, you know. Essentially, three entities: uh, NWS and uh, GRE are kind of connected. I mean, so when I when I think about what we're doing, I mean, I know these churches got they probably got more people in every one of the churches than I than I have listeners. That's for damn sure, just here in Seneca territory. And there's churches in Tuscarora and Tanawanda and Onondaga. I mean, and 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 you know what? M- much of the leadership in the in these communities are d- devoted, you know, Christians. And and I think I think even if you have um, that faith, it should be on you even more to balance it off with educating about uh, about our our culture and about who we are. I mean, look. Uh, christmas thanksgiving fourth of july all the stuff we're inundated with most native people have had their culture stripped away you know again go back to the residential schools i mean i'm, I'm i talk to to, to school sometimes and I, and I think about this if i go into a classroom and, and i told all those kids in there native non-native and i said Think about being taken from your home and gone someplace, and and you're told you can no longer uh, celebrate things like uh, like Christmas and Halloween. No more trick or treat. No more Easter Bunny. None of that stuff. All that stuff. Where you know. And, and in fact, if you even try, we're going to punish you. Because that's what that's what it would be like, right? That's what our our kids our kids went through. Is no, no more Thanksgiving. No, no more strawberry ceremony. No more. In fact. We're not gonna let you talk the language that you that you grew up knowing. I mean, think about that. And the crazy part is it's easy, I mean, it's easy for people to assume, well, once we lost our language, that's where it all went down home. No. It went we started losing a lot while we still had the language. Look, my father's generation were all fluent speakers. And and you know, in Seneca territory, you might have to go back maybe one more generation, but that's only one or two generations. The land loss, the the Christian influence. You know what? I had a, a I don't have it anymore, but I, I was given a Mohawk a Bible that was that was printed all in Mohawk from Gonalaga. I had that in my possession for years. I, I I didn't know what I was ever going to do with it, I, and I, they have lost it over over the years. So even our, our, we had the language. My, my aunt was a was a you know, was a somewhat semi famous uh, uh, singer. She sang for the Pope in Mohawk. Translated all of the all of the the, the hymns in in, in the Mohawk and, and in these churches here in Seneca Territory, they've done the same thing. Translated a bunch of church hymns into, into Seneca. Our problem wasn't wasn't just the loss of language. I mean, it, it, that is a problem. There are people who are donating, putting money in the plate every single, every single Sunday, and I've got three sponsors for what I do. And look, I get it. I know some of the stuff that I do, <laughs> I talk about does nothing but piss people off. I mean, even my uh, my white skins T-shirt idea that I talked about last on my last show, and um, and I've got to promote it promoted. I I've got I guess one was well, this one white guy from the who who is against. Using the R word, or he was against this, the school calling themselves Redskins. But he's been lashing out at me left and right, saying, Oh, yeah, you're two wrongs, don't make a right. I mean, wait a second here. Do you not get it? I'm not starting a billion dollar franchise called the White Skins. This is parody. This is mocking the mockery. It's not racist for me to create a, a, a shirt that mocks a racist act. But this is, you know what? Some native people, some native people agree with them. So when I think about those influences, sports, I mean, you know, all of it. I mean, look, I'm glad that we got the Thompson brothers, these guys who you know came in and made a big splash in the in lacrosse, Zeddy Williams and, and and others. I mean, I'm I'm glad that because. I saw more of our kids wanting to wear John John Tavares uh, uh, Bandits jerseys than, than anything. That was the number one selling Bandits jersey. You know, Bandits being the pro Cross team here in, in Buffalo. So even a sport that that was ours, we became the big fans of the white guys. And forget about the other sports. I mean, again, all these other sports literally mock us the Cleveland Indians, the the Chicago Blackhawks, the Washington Redskins, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. All of this stuff, and in spite of them grabbing our images and mocking us, no commitment back, no commitment back. To this is, you know, we graduate, we we we've grabbed your your imagery, so we're going to pay you something back. We we want to give back to native people for what we've taken, or or for what we've continue to use no nothing nothing no education no commitment to language programs no no commitment to telling some true history none of that stuff and again i i talk about hollywood look our people i still see people posting pictures of ironized cody with the tear you know the guy with you know crying over the pollution the littering completely oblivious to the fact that he's not native i mean just completely oblivious why because we bought what was sold to us that is considered one of the most successful public service announcements of all time and they couldn't even use a real native person so even when somebody puts some value on us they put a little more value on somebody else who can play us better than we play ourselves why and 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 you know, because we bought into it. You know, there's some people, some Native people who are John Wayne fans. <laughs> Didn't matter how many Indians he killed on, on on the screen or on TV. Look, and I'm and I'm not saying that we got to we got to spend the rest of our lives hating anything that's not that's not Native. But there should be some balance, which is what I come back to, because that's what's missing in all this. The scales aren't level. I mean, the fact that I've got to debate somebody because they think that I've that, that I'm trying to not just turn the tables, but that somehow by creating a white skins T-shirt with Trump's image on it, on it, that somehow uh, I've even the score. No, we're not even. We're not even close. That's not even the, the intent. But the fact that I got to have that debate with somebody, native or non-native. It's just ridiculous. The fact that we can't engage even through parody or satire or sarcasm a meaningful conversation on these issues. Look, we have to take more control of some of some of these conversations. We can't allow we should we should have some control over or, or what is being voiced about who we are. Look, I know they they did a you know. A, a, I didn't even watch the show, so I can't. I'm not going to criticize the show itself about um, about native people enlisting in the armed forces. I, I, PBS ran it, and uh, WBFO, the local um, um, public radio station, NPR station, you know, created a thing, and they used some of our local Carson Waterman and his art, and you know, and look, they they did a and by by most accounts, everybody said it was pretty good, but. If you're not going to address what happened to our people at the hands of that same military, oh, it doesn't matter that it's a decade or two or three or four or, you know, 50 years later. If you're not going to balance that out, there, there should be some sort of balance in the conversation. Our kids, even at five years old, why don't we have the conversation about with them about what about what the Pledge of Allegiance means. I mean, our kids are learning to re- learn to recite that at five years. They have no idea what the word's even saying. They're just mimicking. They're just memorizing the words to say. Same thing with the Star Spangled Banner. Hell, too many Native people were offended that Colin Kaepernick took, uh, took a seat and then a knee over over the, uh, over the National Anthem. We have to do more. We have to take some responsibility. We're not no, no we need to take way more responsibility and not just for our little kids in school. We should be engaging each other in this and, and saying, look how, how do we get some of this stuff back? And is is it an all or nothing proposition? I mean, is there a date is there a, is, is there do we say we have to be someplace by a certain date? no. That's why I talk, when I talk about decolonization, I I say, look, as long as we're all kind of going in the same direction, we don't have to be on the same place on that path. But at least let's try to get more of our people on the path. We don't teach decolonization. Most adults don't even know what that means. Forget about our kids. So we're not having that conversation. Not even during our special month. Native American, what is the National Native American Heritage Month? Not even during our special month. And look, you know, Seneca Nation, they take days off. I mean, all, they have all kinds of holidays, special Seneca holidays that they take off. But nobody, most people don't even know what the hell they're for. We don't do, we don't do public service announcements. And the Seneca Nation, they, they've got a radio station. And, and they've got a couple Native radio personalities on that station, only a couple. Not, not me, <laughs> but they got a couple but but again, is it is it providing a service to the Seneca community, to the native community at large? No most of, most of it is trying to you know they're a commercial radio station, so they're trying to most of the time mitigate their losses and, and I'm not condemning you know what the, the station per se, but they've, they've got a media department. They've got all kinds of resources. They've got an education department. They got a wellness center. I don't know how much that wellness center is using any of our own native um, techniques for healing people. I, I you know, I, I, I'm not saying they don't. I just don't know that they do. And I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad they finally. Jumped, you know, took the plunge and and got into uh, developing an ag ag department, but that came with with a struggle. I'm glad they're growing white corn and they're doing some of these things. And uh, look, you know, bison, the the whole bit. I'm glad, and yeah, and we, but we should be doing more. And I'm not criticizing what they're doing, but that's just scratching the surface. We need to do do more. To promote who we are, not just what was you know what the outside wants us to be—Christians, soldiers, lawyers, doctors—I mean, wh- you know, whatever. What do we want to be? How do we identify and define ourselves? Look, everyone, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is you know again a bit of an abridged show, and you know, we're trying to get out of here. So before we get snowed in, we've got uh, you know we got some weather coming our way um uh I, I do have to give it an option i'm I will not be doing a show on saturday um lots of stuff coming in uh, I, i've got a date with my wife i'll admit so sunday night i'll be doing uh, i'll be doing our weekend show uh i'm not in New York this week, so i won't be doing a thursday show. I thought I might come in maybe i'll you know do something just kind of a brief thing on thursday uh here at the studio i don't know but um uh, don't expect a WBAI show, a two-hour show uh, on Thursday, but I will be back, and I'll damn, I'm going to try to be on time on, <laughs> on Sunday. So look for us. Let's talk Native Sunday night, not Saturday, but Sunday night, and uh, um, and maybe we'll even go through some of this stuff again, and 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 I'll yeah, I'll, I'll cite some some other examples, and, and maybe some solutions, because at some point we have to recognize the problem, and then begin to come come up with solutions and so let's let's go down that path this is john kane this is let's talk native thanks for listening